What's up my fellow Scarfield and Nerf Herders and welcome to the Carbonite Chat. Today we're going to be talking about seven essential reasons why you need to read the last Jedi novel. Now if you have been on my channel you're thinking what in the world are you just talking about? And you would be right that this is a crazy thing to even begin to say to someone. But there was a Star Wars com article that came out with this title and I looked over it and I thought you have to be kidding me um yes yeah, so this is just more microtransactions um but the fact that they thought that they could put seven reasons why this is essential is hilarious so I'm gonna go through them and we're gonna discuss whether or not it's essential and it's not spoiler alert uh, I'll save you some times uh some time this isn't uh it's not essential to watch the rest of this video, but I hope you will. <laughs> and, um, you know, I won't make this video and then make another video tomorrow that requires you to watch that video to understand this video. Um, I'll just, I'll do it all in one, you know, shot. It's, it's a crazy idea. They used to do it for many years, but now that's not the case anymore. You know, now you need multiple things and maybe I should begin to do that. I should just, you know, kind of explain part of it in this video and explain the rest later. But let's get into it. Enough <laughs> mocking them for their stupidity. First off, it starts out with, if there's not enough reason, this isn't number one, this is kind of like the prologue. That's how good this article is. It says, Jason Fry's excellent book is more than, a more than an adaption. I mean, it's so much more. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And it says that if, you know, people are going to be watching The Last Jedi over and over because the, the DVD sales have done so well that they're going to keep watching it and then they might come up with maybe there's a few reasons that there might be mistakes. I need to check it out. Well, then you, this is why you need the book. It's for the people that are going to watch that DVD so many times that they're going to start to be like, hmm, there are some issues that everyone has been talking about. But don't worry, the book solves them, <laughs> as it says. So the first one is, didn't you remember in the movie where Luke says, I'm going to teach you three lessons, but as you begin to watch the movie, you're like, wait a minute, there wasn't three lessons. And really, there wasn't even really any lessons to begin with at all. Because she she wasn't really taught about, she, she was just kind of given a history lesson. One of which she already got from Maz Kanata in the last movie about what the Force is. And then the second one was, you know, a screwed up, horrible, you know, not really even completely true explanation of why the Jedi are failures, which I've already, you know, very easily shown that that's just incorrect and blatantly false. Um, but those are apparently lessons, which means by that definition of that's how you learn, then uh, Lord Santeca is actually like a master Jedi because he would have known all this information. And actually, at the beginning, he said how we needed the Jedi but it's almost like these are completely two different movies and not from the same trilogy. But everyone keeps telling me that Disney had a plan. They've had a plan this entire time. Can't you tell how well planned out it is? And it all flows perfectly and functions well together without any continuity issues. But if you want to know that third plan, you can buy the book. Just another like $30. Um, and you can, you can know what happens. And in it, it says... <laughs> And they is one of the deleted scenes and they see lights flying in. I discussed this in, you know, my videos. I'll try to post up in one of these areas 
the links to the videos where I actually discuss it because I went through the entire every chapter of the book already. If you haven't seen those before and you're new to this channel, uh, that's what I did. And they discussed that there's lights coming in and Ray says, we need to go save the caretakers because Luke being a liar that he is apparently now just tells her like, huh, they're all about to be murdered and killed and we're not going to save them because the Jedi wouldn't save them. And you know, ha ha ha. Because it's not true. They're just having a party down there. And then she's like, Luke, why did you lie to me? And he's like, I tried to tell you the truth, but you were just too fast. Ha ha ha. It was a joke. It was a joke. I, I make murder jokes now. <laughs> this is essential reading. Later, they will refer to Jason Fry as putting humorous moments in the book. This is humorous. <laughs> this is terrible. This is utterly terrible. But one of the great points they add in there is that he's teaching her a lesson that the resistance doesn't need Jedi. No, no, no. They don't need Jedi, which is why they specifically called and said, we need Jedi. Him showing up and doing the projection is actually what ended up saving them. And also, Rey, who I guess you can say is kind of a Jedi, showed up in the Millennium Falcon and shot down like four TIE fighters in one shot, Mary Sue. And... All of those is kind of what saved them. Hence, it was Jedi that saved them. But the story is, is that they don't need a Jedi. What they need is someone like Rey who's willing to run into danger that even if there's danger right there, she's ready to step up and she's act. She's willing to act and that's what they need. And then, well, that kind of, it's funny because you might be thinking about someone else that does that. A guy named Poe who steps into danger to help the resistance and then is demoted and slapped for it. And then immediately afterwards is steps into danger to help out the resistance. But he, he's constantly called, that he's, he's told that he's doing it wrong. I, I guess it's because he's a man and so he, he can't step into danger. So like... Half the story is, you know, you don't need to step into danger and act. And then the other half of the story is that you, that's what the resistance needs. I, you know, I don't, you know, but there you go. There's a lesson that you need to learn. It's essential from the book to find out how stupid, convoluted, and conflicting this entire story is. Because Jason Fry and Ryan Johnson are great then the second one is the first flight of Finn because plot holes. And you're probably going to start to wonder, huh, how did he ever learn to fly? Because he couldn't fly in The Force Awakens, but continuity. And then so they waited a couple months to make the you know, book come out so they could try to fix the infinite numbers of issues with this perfect film that Ryan Johnson wouldn't change. And Kathleen Kennedy has to hire him to go and do a whole nother trilogy because it was one of the greatest experiences of her life. Yeah, I'm a little salty right now. <clears throat> so the first flight, Finn doesn't know how to fly, but in the novel he learns and it's great because you know, as they say in this article, it's not just about his first flight, which he is basically Jar Jar Binks in. I covered it. Again, I will try to link that. If not, I'll have the entire whole 
the novel playlist set up, but it's, uh, it's really racist. <laughs> she tells him that here's the throttle yoke, here's the controls, and here's the brake. And he's like, I don't, I can't, it's too, why does it have to be so confusing? Yeah, that's, you know, because he's stupid apparently. He can't remember three things. Three things. He is un... He, he, he can't learn three things. And then right before that, when uh, she's about to teach him to learn how to fly, uh, of course, he kind of crashes it and screws it up. Shocker. You know, I don't know why they let men do anything in these movies. We just screw everything up. Uh, she says, hey, don't touch anything because I've got to go do something over here. And he's like, I'm not going to touch anything. What? Why would I touch anything? And then he touches something and almost crashes the ship. And yeah, ha 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 diversity. And it's, you know, talks about Finn and Rose's relationship is what's going on here and how she's foul-mouthed because we all want our little girls looking up to an extremely foul-mouthed figure that, um, you know, so they grow up making uh, sex jokes and uh, other jokes that I won't really reference for my channel, even though my age group is 35 to 55 year old males. I'm still got a little bit higher respect for people than Jason Fry does and it's not meant to be on this channel. So yeah, anyways, that's great. So that's essential reading apparently according to Star Wars. Hello Disney, isn't Star Wars for kids? Oh yeah. Then Return of the Jedi. They got to put that, that was the, the title for the third reason because Luke returns at the end. Remember when he returns by not returning, but he Skypes in, you know, yeah because he's not a coward anymore. And this one I really enjoyed because it's not even essential reading for the book because I read the book and they actually had to explain what they talk about in the book in this article. So there's another article coming out tomorrow. Remember, microtransactions. There's another article coming out tomorrow by Star Wars on top five articles you need to read to understand the novel that's explaining how to understand the movie. But it's, it's perfect. Brilliant storytelling. So Luke, in this, he didn't join Rey. So in the novel, Luke, right before refusing to go and join Rey, after she you know beats him up and tries to hand him the lightsaber and say, why don't you come and join me? And he kind of cowers off to the side. And he's like, oh, no, please don't hurt me. Please. You know, that crap. Uh, one of the worst moments in any of the movie because it just finally crushed Luke um, in that moment and showed how pathetic and weak he was as a character. It says that, no, 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 you're probably misreading that because that's exactly how it played out on film. And But Ryan's a great visual direct director, right? Yep. Um, but right before that, which really pissed me off, I was probably one of the angriest I've been reading any of the chapters up to this point. It has him realizing, if you remember in the movie, he goes and meditates and he kind of reaches out to Leia and kind of connects with Leia. Well, in this point, Luke actually becomes old Luke. He rushes down from that and he's trying to find Ray. And this is at the same time when Ray was down in the dark side cave. And, you know, she's going to the dark side, which has no you know, adverse effect at all um, because Mary Sue. And so she goes 
And she's, you know, having sex with Kylo, as Ryan says it, you know, as Rayla fans rejoice. Um, and he's running down there and he's thinking about how stupid he was and that he was so dumb, like he, how hiding would have ever fixed things that he needed to actually, you know, go and help. And now he sees that and he needs to go out there. And so he's coming down there and he's hoping he can find Ray before Ray leaves so that he can go with her because he needs to help because that, that's the right thing to do. And then he gets there, and because he sees them touching hands, it's like, never mind, and nope, I'm hiding away and leaving. But the, the article that explains the novel, that's trying to explain the book, says that it's actually, it's not that he doesn't want to help out the resistance there, because then it would have been another, you know, kind of contradiction of all the contradictions. And this time the contradiction comes from the book. And so they said that actually he just, he knew Ray was going to try to turn Kylo back to the light. And that's not what Luke wants to do anymore. And so he wants to help the resistance. But see, Ray's going to try to turn Kylo back to light. But that's why Luke, Luke turned down and was kind of like, oh, please don't. That, that's that's why. If you're confused still, I, I, I know, it's confusing. Um, just, you know, know that if you read four or five more articles, you can understand. Uh, I'll probably have three or four more videos to explain this thing further. Um, I know I said I wasn't going to do that before. Kind of like, you know, Disney and EA saying that they weren't going to do that. But hey, <laughs> they're still making a living and making money. So maybe that's what I need to do to make money, you know? Just lie and you know, make conflicting things and don't really make anything positive or good or kind of consider the whole aspect of what I'm doing and then just explain it on multiple times and then say like, you know, hey, put it behind another paywall if you want to understand what this video is saying or doing. Then uh, four, which not much to talk about because it's like, yeah, that's why you read the novels. Um, is you get to see other people's thoughts, you know, because you can't, you know, hear thoughts in a movie. And it's like, okay. Basically, what you get out of that is like, oh, Hux wants to kind of be the leader of the First Order at some point. So, like, why you couldn't have that somewhere in the movie? Um, and then you get to see that Rose is a blatant racist, 24-7 uh, racist against, you know, Finn. So you get to find those out. Uh, five is that, oh, you, you, you thought that they're like the Force Awakens ended and The Last Jedi starts right after it, didn't you? Oh, you stupid people. You need to read the novel because then you can see there's so much that happens in between there. There's so much that happens. One, you get Luke having a dream because that, that happened, that, you know, couldn't just happen at any point. A dream about that the original trilogy didn't happen at all because that's what people want to read about like let's make him less Luke let's make him where he doesn't even want to have lived the life he's lived up to that point because awesome um, and then you get to see Luke Alea not wanting to have a funeral for Han and the rest of the resistance that are there uh, are just kind of sitting there hoping that it'll end that she'll speed it up and that it'll be over with and then you get to see Rose and Paige, or should I say Pepe, as she calls him, her, um, talking about how great they are, and that Pepe is a great pilot, and Rose is a brilliant engineer, 
and can come up with all these brilliant ideas and they're perfect and brilliant and awesome and just perfect in every way and you get to learn that and then you get to hear Connick's discussing which Connick's if you don't know is Billy Lord she's a blonde haired girl at the bottom of the base on Dakar that is uh, actually Leia's daughter um, but she is trying she's the one that's trying to figure out what are they going to do with the fuel because plot holes and so they're trying to figure out how to, you know, what they're going to do. And she decides to go ahead and let them head out. Um, and you might be saying, well, wait a minute. That isn't really, that just kind of, one, is stupid and stuff I don't want to hear about. And two, uh, all of that can be done in one day. And you're, you would be completely correct. It doesn't, it doesn't really give much of anything. Welcome to Nothing Happening at all you can't even say there's visuals now at least that's what you say last jedi nothing happening but there's visuals this is just words yep so then <laughs> number six oh says for the sheer entertainment quality of jason fry's writing <laughs> He's so bad. He is just terrible. It's it's unbelievable how bad he is as a writer. Um, and for them to say sheer entertaining qualities of Jason Fry's writing. And when I first read this, I was like, how am I going to discuss this on video? Because I can't even think of what they would even try to mean or reference. But fortunately for me, as I read down, they gave a few, few examples of like his sheer entertaining qualities quality of writing and it's that he adds humor into this because there wasn't enough humor in the last jedi there's romance because anyone watching it would be like what this is romance um a murderer psychopath that killed uh their friends and father figure and now the girl's in love with him mm. uh just heartwarming i mean just heartwarming and then a psychopath that electrocutes and shocks people repeatedly calls them stupid and crashes cars into them when they try to get away from them uh psychopath is uh in love with them and then force forcefully kissing them when they're not wanting it uh hashtag me too and um romance right am i right and you might think yeah but the novel he probably makes it better no it's it's all worse it's all much, much worse. <laughs> and then it says it even adds humor in somber situations because that's another thing we needed from this movie. It was already so somber because no one we care about dies. Um, none of the good guys actually suffer or get hurt. And uh, so, you know, so somber. And they really had to deal with big issues. Um, and then... Anytime that they had a serious moment, they would always cut to something stupid, like Porg flying into a window, or Finn stumbling around with his water suit after we just saw Pei Pei die, and we were supposed to care, and it was supposed to be a sentimental moment, and you know, serious, because like, oh man, the movie's starting out and everyone's dying, like this movie's gonna be serious. But Ryan had to say, no, 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 it's not. It's not gonna be serious, or like, when Ray's about to start getting trained for the first time, and then, you know, Luke decides to have a tickle fight. You know, that's one of the things. Everybody's like, we don't have a lightsaber fight, but we do have tickle fights in this. And so that's good. 
um, expanding the lore. You know, Ryan's really reaching out to that core core desires of the audience. And uh, then it explains specifically two lines that is added because we, we needed more humor than we already had, especially in somber moments. And I didn't even cover all the humor in serious moments from this god-awful movie. But um, it says that, uh, you know that time where Finn gets electrocuted by the psychopath and then he wakes up? That Actually, in his head, he was thinking like, oh, this is my new thing. Is that just wake up confused? <laughs> this is humor. This is what you need to read because it's entertaining sheer entertaining quality coming out by Fry. They're like, ha ha ha. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, he loves watching black people trying to escape to protect someone getting electrocuted until they're unconscious. That's funny. <laughs> diversity. So it's so beautiful seeing this rich diversity that Disney is bringing us in Jason Fry. It warms my heart. And then it talks about we see Rose and Finn growing closer. Mainly Rose, because Finn, you know, hashtag me too, is never wanting it. Um, but it says how she goes from, and this is the romance side of it, that is so beautiful. That she goes from uh, hating him and seeing him as a coward. And then... Um, then she goes, I really just thought about this because like, you know, he's trying to escape and she electrocutes him and shocks him until he's unconscious and then she's going to go put him behind a cage. This is essentially the story of a slave owner beating a slave up until the point that uh, he then starts to think like, hey, this slave I'm beating is kind of cute. Maybe I should force it to love me. Not many movies about that, probably because it's awful. <laughs> but Jason Fry, entertaining writer here, he's hitting up the hard stuff. So she goes from he's a coward to then she realizes that, oh, he's just in love with Ray. And that annoys her. And it's like a four-year-old complaining the entire time about how like, uh, why must he always love? And then it's feeling bad for Ray. Because like, oh, it must suck to have someone psycho psychopathically follow you and look after you the entire time. Which is then what she decides she needs to do because she then begins to love Finn. This whole time calling him stupid and bumbling and, and an idiot and how much he screws up. Which then makes her realize that she needs to watch after him and protect him. Because, you know, he's a man and apparently he's a black and, you know, my video that I did about how racist this movie is, I said that the movie and Kathleen Kennedy say that they have diversity and that they're the good people. And all the, there's all these all right people that hate the movie and are sexist and hate diversity that we're, we're racist and bad. But yet really all they are doing is it's like, it's like their porch Negro thing where they're like, you know, they look down on them and they think they're stupid and dumb and can't do anything for themselves. But look, like, hey, look, we're better. These people think you're savages, but we just think you're stupid and dumb and can't do anything. So it's like, create a worse villain. Like, I'm, I'm the horrible racist person in this instance, apparently. But that's, that's the way she views them. And so, like, she's got to protect them. Because this one, remember the story before about the slave owner um, falling in love with the slave? This is that. This slave just happens 
to be able to sit on the porch with the good white folks as opposed to, you know, out working. <sighs> she then, it says, has to save him. We all know that scene. One of the worst scenes in the entire movie. Um, yeah. And then it says, oh, and there's hilarious other moments like Finn bumping into people in the First Order. It's, it's not funny. I, it's not. And then also the First Order, how it's so funny that <laughs> it's so funny that they you know, they all hate each other and think that all of them are incompetent. Because it's funny to ruin a villain and the dark side and make them look like they're incompetent and they're basically the Three Stooges. Because who wouldn't want to see Luke Skywalker versus the Three Stooges? That would be interesting, right? Right? No, but it's sheer entertaining quality by Jason Fry. And then finally, it just basically just says, it calls it answering little questions and little secrets. And it's just basically trying to fill out other plot holes in the movie. That's all it is. And that's it. Um, yeah, this is, I had like a week off of reviewing the novel. And then as I had to bring it back up for talking about this video, it kind of beat me down again. <laughs> It's just so bad. And the fact of like how people talk about the people that dislike the movie. Yet this is what's in there. It's not good. It's not diverse. It's not, there's nothing, there's nothing positive you can bring out of this. And it's just infuriating. Um, this should actually be the last thing about the novel. Of course, I said that before and it could all change, but... Um, you know, I saw this article and I felt this needs to be talked about. And so I've talked about it and the energy is low and it's over, uh, you know, because the energy's down, the video's over with. Uh, I'll have the, the thing that I mentioned before this, it's, it's I'm brain dead now because of this movie and novel, um, T public page down below. Thank you as always for watching and never forget you nerf herders. I love you.